Welcome back to the University Radio York interview series. My name's Eloise Walker and I'm here with the amazing Chris Norman. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good, thank you. Nice to nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you too. Thank you for coming on. Um, no pleasure. Where in the world are we coming from? Where are you right now? Uh, in the Isle of Man. The Isle of Man. Wow. What's it like down there? How's the weather? Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of not too bad a day today, actually. A bit of sun and a bit, bit cloudy and a bit of sun. and Like normal sort of British weather, I guess. <laughs> Lovely. I wish I could say the same. It's been pouring it down here in York. Oh, has it? Oh, God. Oh, typical, isn't it? Today, yeah. uh, we're here to talk about your new solo album, Rediscovered Love Songs. Congrats on the on the release. Thank you. Thank no you. No worries. Um, so, something I love to ask artists who release albums of covers like this one is, why these songs? Why love songs first? Um, well, I, I, covers. Why covers? You know, I mean, I don't do why cover covers? albums really very often. Um I've done one once before back in the, oh, I think it was 2009 I did a covers album, but that's the only one I've ever done. Normally I just do songs, you know, new songs that I've written. Um, but the thing was I'd done an album in 2019 and I, I worked with uh, Mike Chapman, who was a producer from um, years ago. He, he produced a lot of the stuff we did. Well, all the stuff we did at the beginning was Smokey. Hmm. Um and so I, you know, we just decided we'd do another sort of album together, and that was 2019. But it kind of got lost with the COVID thing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It came yeah, out, and it didn't come out for a long time. It was ready for about a year before it was released, and then when it was released, it was we couldn't do the promotion on it and everything. So basically, that was that. And then um, I was kind of like. I had to cancel a lot of shows and you know, postpone most of the concerts I was doing. Um, and somebody said, why don't you do another album? And I said, well, I haven't got any songs left, you know, <laughs> at the moment. I've written, I've just finished writing an album a year ago, so I haven't got any. Um, they said, well, have you ever thought of doing a love songs album? And I thought, no, but it might not be a bad idea. So I ended up just um, asking people I knew, like friends, family, and that to uh, send me lists of their favorite ever love songs and um and mm. ended up with about 60 songs miles too many um but the, then i just sort of sifted through them and picked well i already made a list of my own as well and just picked the songs that um that i really liked and i, I wanted to make sure that they were from different eras not just like all old songs or whatever just a, a mixture and also songs that i would you know if i was going along driving in the car and they came on the radio i would i would turn up those kind of songs, and um, and these are the songs that I picked, which were ev- everything is is the the newest sort of one is Bruno Mars, just the way you are, um, need you now from Lady Antebellum, and they're kind of new ones, and I went back to sixties to My Girl by the Temptations, and just a bunch of songs that I really liked, and then it was a case of just getting in and doing them, and it kept me busy really um, through the lockdown period. Because I was recording them in my own studio, I couldn't. I go wanted anywhere. to ask: Was this recorded entirely over COVID? Yeah, yeah, and it, it was like um, it was a lifesaver for me because I was just sitting staring at the wall, and um, yeah, I can imagine. And I thought, you know, this would be good to do, and I so I did them in my own studios, and, and it gave me, you know, like a purpose. I was getting up and going mm. straight in the studio every day, working eight or nine hours, and, and because I was on my own i was playing all the instruments myself and everything so it took a while 
Um, so I took about three months doing it. And then I took it to Nashville, added some uh, drums and some uh, extra keyboards and got it mixed there as well by a guy called Jake Burns, who's like a top guy there. And he mixed it and mastered it. And then it was done. And um, yeah, that's the album. We rediscovered Love Songs. That's incredible. I love hearing about all these albums that have been produced over COVID and just how much work has had to go into it. Because you mm. must have been, it must have felt like almost falling at every hurdle. Well, you know, it, it was just, I'm used to touring. I've got a touring band, Chris Norman band, and we tour a lot, you know, all over the world. And we've been, this year, we've been touring a lot because we've been catching up on shows that have been postponed from over the uh, lockdown period. And uh, so I've been, I think I've done like 70 shows this year so far. And uh, I've got, I'm going still, I've got a few more left to do. I'm going to India next two weeks and then do a couple of festivals there, then back to Lithuania. Then, so, um, you know, wow. it, it's something to keep you going. And uh, yeah, doing this album sort of helped me through that, it, you know, and it, it's just great to, to have been able to find something to do. What's it, what was it like going back on the road after so long in lockdown? It was a bit strange at first, you know, because surprisingly, after what a year and a half, two years of not yeah. playing live, um, how much you forget, you know, and you have to. We had to rehearse again, you know. I mean, we're on the road all the time. We we should know everything by now, but we had to kind of rehearse again just to tighten everything up, make sure everybody knew what they were doing. Yeah. And the band that I've that I've got, you know, we're a great great bunch of musicians. They've uh, they've been with me most of them for a long time, so. We just went in and did a couple of days uh, kind of refreshing ourselves of what we were going to do on stage and then went on and pretty much as soon as we walked on stage, it was like we did it yesterday, you know. It was just uh, straight back on it, you know. Yeah, that, that synergy was still there. You managed to click yeah, in fact, straight more back here. Because, more because we kind of, we, it was exciting to come back and play to a live audience again. and You know, it was, it was uh, quite thrilling to be back doing it again. Yeah, that sounds amazing. But yeah, speaking of um, going back to your album, and you mentioned that you wanted to put um, your own spin on these songs. How yeah. did you go? How did you go about doing that? Like, what would be well, your first I, step? I, I, I've, 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 because I recorded on my own, I, I basically just started off listening to the songs that I was going to record, um, and quite a few of them had different versions had been had been done over the years. Mm. So I was like picking bits and thinking, well, I like the way that they did that, and. Um, but I, I don't want to do it that way or whatever. And and basically, I just kind of picked because with with an album or with a song, you know, with a record, if 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 you're doing a brand new song that you've written yourself, you've got a blank canvas to do whatever you like. But when you're doing somebody that's a, a song that's well known already, you've got to make sure that not only do you get the melody and the lyrics right of the song, mm. obviously, but there's bits and pieces that little incidental music that might be a riff in the in the song, which you don't want to miss out because that's sort of part of the song, you know, part of what people are used to hearing. So it was like doing that, finding the bits, and then just sort of trying them out. I, and I was just putting the tracks down with like um, a drum machine and me and an acoustic guitar, sort of doing like a guide vocal and the guide guitar just to get an arrangement. And once I'd done that, then it was just a case of going back to the beginning and starting to, to layer the song up, putting on the guitars, the bass, and all the different parts, playing the keyboards, doing the things I wanted to do and thinking what would be nice to put on here. And yeah, you know, just really doing that and trying to keep the essence of the song but without yeah. doing a total photocopy of it, you know. Definitely. And um, do you have any 
favorites from the album any you're particularly proud of or happy with or that you you can really feel your own influence on them well you know the thing is about this album is because that they were all songs that i i i liked anyway um and i didn't do any songs that anybody suggested that i thought and that I mean, like people were a couple of people suggested "Imagine" by John Lennon. I thought, no, I, I don't want to do mm. that. It's like that's sacred. You know what I mean? Leave yeah. that as it is. Um, but with the others, you know, I, they're all songs that I would like to hear on the radio myself, and I have over the years. These all by other people. So there's a few that I like. I, I like them all really. But I, I, I really enjoyed uh, "Need You Now," which was this Lady Antebellum song, mm. which I liked when it came out a few years back, and. Um, so I enjoyed doing that because that was a duet originally on their on their original version. So and this was just me singing on my own. So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed doing um, "Make You Feel My Love," which was most people know as an Adele song, but it really was it's a Bob Dylan Bob. song, isn't it? It's a Bob Dylan song, yeah. yeah. Um, so I listened to his version too and thought, oh, that's how he did it, which was totally different from Adele. Um, and then I just took the bits. That I, well, I think I'll do it more sort of straight like Dylan, but keep the the warmth of the Adele thing and you know so the, it was like that really um so that I'd like that one make you feel my love I like um there's an old blues song on there which was a hit back in 1968 uh called need your love so bad mm. which was which was by the original Fleetwood Mac with Peter Green not the Fleetwood Mac that went on later in the 70s and did rumors and all that but the original Fleetwood Mac with Peter Green they had this big song called need your love so bad which is like a blues song really and um I always loved that song, so that was extremely enjoyable to put that down and get that sounding good, you know. And as for the single, Always On My Mind, is there a reason you chose that for the main single? Um, only in as much as, uh, because these songs are all songs that have been hit by somebody else, it's like a, a, an album full of hits, really. So mm. you can put any of them out and say, okay, well, it was a hit once, it should, should get played now, you know. But I, I just left it to the record companies in various territories. So, uh, like, for instance, yeah. in the UK, they chose um, Always On My Mind, I think probably because of the Elvis movie. Um, in Germany, for instance, they put out Need You Now. So the different ones came out as the trailer of the album in different places. And my version of Always On My Mind is not like Elvis's version. It's more laid back, more like the... Mm because uh, it was written by Willie Nelson, who was this great country singer. And um, he wrote that, and his version's quite, kind of more laid back with an acoustic and everything. And I kind of just embellished on that and kept it slowish. Um, and then tried to keep to the, the, the meaning of the lyrics, because it's, it's quite a meaningful song, you know, to sing to somebody. Uh, maybe I should have told you I loved you more often, but you're always on my mind. It's the basic premise of it, you know. So... Um, yeah, that's 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 how I recorded that, and the record company just thought that'd be probably good. People will like that, so I left it up to them which one they put out as the singles aren't singles anymore anyway because you don't really, you know, they, they don't sell like they used to. You don't like in the old mm. days it was like you put out a single, you had to try to have a hit with a single, and then followed it up with the album. These days it's more like a like a trailer for the album, you know, like a promotion trailer for the album. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I do think that definitely in the age of streaming, singles yeah. have become, yeah, it's a good way to put it, a trailer for the album. But yeah. I know listening to the album, my personal favourite was your cover of To Love Somebody. Oh, right. I thought that was such an incredible arrangement of that song by the Bee Gees originally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Have you ever met them? 
I just want to ask. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you I'm have. In the, in the 70s. Yeah, I was wondering because you were also on the music scene at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know him particularly well, but, you know, I bumped into him once or twice. Um, well, at the BBC, I think. I went, went, the first <laughs> time I met him was in the BBC club bar. Um, and we, we were doing uh, All Grey Whistle Test and they were doing something else. So we chatted a little bit there. And then a bit later on, we bumped into him again in, in I think, Germany, again on a, in, in an hotel restaurant. Uh, they really like our first, as a, a Smokey, when I was in Smokey, our first hit was called If You Think You Know I Love Me, which was our first hit, got to number three in the in UK charts. And they had, uh, I think it was Jive talking out at the same time. And um, they they gave us a nice compliment about our harmonies on that song. And of course, mm. they were a, a fantastic harmony group as well. So that was a great compliment. But I didn't know them very well. You know, I just, I've, 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 they're very nice people. You know, I'm always very friendly in that. But um, yeah, met them. Lovely. Were you on tour when you met them in Germany? No, we were doing a TV show. Ah, uh, uh, okay. God knows what. But I remember we were, doing, <laughs> we, we, we were both on some TV show. Oh, we were on a TV show. I don't know if they were. They were just in the restaurant in the hotel we were staying at, you know. Yeah. Well, I know when you were mentioning earlier um, how you've been touring all the, all the way around the world at the minute, say India, you're going to live with yeah. Lithuania. Well, what's next? Where are you off to next? Well, after that, Lithuanian thing it'll be the new year pretty much and then um, I'm doing some dates in Ireland coming up about three or four shows in Ireland uh, we're going to try and tag some dates after that into the UK so we can go from Ireland and do some shows in the UK which would be great and then I've just got like a, a loads of stuff to do next year I think I'm, at some point we're talking about going to Australia again and um, wow you know different places we we, we just keep moving and and playing it's just it's it's great it's it, it's nice to play in different countries because you you just get a slightly different audience in each place mm. you know a, you get a different reaction in say uh, the uk than you do in germany than you do in say russia or australia it's slightly different you know the the some places are sort of like going crazy as soon as you walk on some places are sitting in the seats in a theater or say um so you you know it's just wonderful to play to different types of audiences in different mm. countries do you have a particular favorite in terms of um country then well, you i think they've all got some they've all, they've all got something going for them you know i mm. i really like uh, audiences that that kind of get got some places i play like in germany where they, they sort of get up and come to the front of the stage straight away uh, which is fantastic and it's a great thing as soon as you walk on and you start your first song suddenly they're all up, oh, you know, and they're, they're getting into it immediately. The trouble with that is that the people who don't want to get up and are sitting in the seats are saying, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, but that's one of the things they do there. Um, but, it, you know, really, it, it's just as long as you get the appreciation for the, for the stuff you're doing, that's the reward. Mm. And that's the reward uh, about playing live. That's why I like to do it, and I've been doing it for so long. It's because of that kind of instant reward. If you put a record out, you don't know what people think of it for ages, or maybe not at all, but um, unless it goes to number one straight away. So then you think, oh, people must like this. But it takes a while to get that feedback with an audience. It's instant. So I, I like that. Yeah. Have you got any memories, that really, come, like particular memories that come to mind of, of your touring years? Any stories? 
I'm sure I'm sure we could be here for ages, but any that really quite <laughs> stick out as just special. I, I mean, the, the main thing is when we first, as a group, with, when I was in Smokey, we, we we started to play arenas everywhere. And I remember playing in Vienna. And, you know, I'd never seen this happen before. This was must have been like 1975, very, very long time ago. Um, and we were doing a song and all there was about 12,000 people in there and all these little pinprick lights came on, wow. which you see now quite often. But I'd never seen that then. <laughs> And I kind of went, oh, God, I got like a shiver, you know. Things like that were just like special because it was new to us. It was, um, you know, we'd, we'd only just been playing around as a as a band, playing everywhere in the country, playing pubs, clubs and everything. I mean, suddenly we had this success and those kind of experiences were like, wow, this is what we were dreaming of all those years, you know. Mm. So those are the kind of things. That the, the, there's also different things, you know, where – well, you know, one time I fell off the stage. Those kind of things happen. <laughs> what but, was that? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Was it, I, think <laughs> it was a, I think it was the Theatre Royal Drury Lane, I think, is where I came off the stage. And I remember I split my trousers right from the crutch <laughs> right up to the waist. <laughs> and I had to sort of mm. walk sideways for a bit on stage. <laughs> and uh, I then went with some... One of the road crew went and got me a pair of uh, a spare pair of pants from trousers <laughs> from from the from the dressing room, and I got changed into into them at the side of the stage, and then came back on and carried on as normal. But uh, yeah, little silly things like that happen, you know. I'm saying you've been touring for so long; there just must be so many stories. It, it must all be a bit of a blur sometimes. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of things that you forget about, you know. And then somebody says, you "Remember when we played there?" And you go, "Yeah." And say, when we so remember when we left uh, the keyboard player, we forgot a, a gas station, and we uh, we set off on the on the bus. <laughs> yeah, and we set off on the bus. And it was about an hour down the road. We all went, "Where's Fred?" <laughs> Fred, where are you? Oh, he must have been fuming when you got back. <laughs> he, he was just upset. I don't think he was fuming. Aww. He was just say he thought we'd forgotten about him. Well, we had, <laughs> but we went back for him, you know. So it was okay. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I think that's just about all we've got time for. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. It's a pleasure. No, uh, lovely to have you on. Thank you so much. You.